Welcome to The Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now, here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hi, welcome to the Nine Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Archiquette, and joining me from a new location today. We are on the road. We this are. This is great. This we're is our good. first time in 70-something episodes. It only took us 70 episodes to do a, a road show. Amazing, considering we have uh, a healthcare system that, you know, is not just the, the medical center where we work, but it's, you know, four community clinics and then two outlying clinics in, in Pahrump and Laughlin. So it's about time. We, I know. We got out and spent time in someplace other than our comfortable office. I'm just offices. surprised they let us out of the office. Yeah, right? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here today on location at the Southeast PCC with two very special brand new guests. We have Mike Augustin and we have TJ Ryan. And Mike is the site manager for the Southeast Clinic and Laughlin. And TJ is the um, administrative supervisor for those two locations. So welcome to both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, well, thanks for having us, because we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're here in your territory. <laughs> we're in your territory. We're on oh, your turf. Yeah, we welcome yeah. everyone, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're here today because um, it is Rural Health Day, National Rural Health Day. And um, while the Southeast PCC is in Henderson, which is very much part of the Las Vegas Valley. Yeah, um, I think they, they complain if you call them rural. True, but <laughs> Laughlin is rural. Yes, and. You know, one of the the challenges that not just the VA but healthcare in general has is you know how to provide the same care that you would expect in a metropolitan area like Las Vegas for veterans who live in outlying communities. So we're here to talk talk about some of those challenges, some of those uh, some of the things that make that unique and um, you know rewarding. Um, but again, thank you both for being here and for welcoming us here. So. You know, for those of us who spend most of our time in the VAMC and, you know, in the, the larger community, what's it like here? Not say here, but in Laughlin, in Pahrump, in, in the rural communities. It's far. <laughs> very far. Um, the Laughlin Clinic is, is a very small clinic. We service a lot of the retired veterans as well as elderly veterans. So it can be a little challenging due to the location because the way the clinic is set up, it's on the second floor. Um, if the elevator for whatever reason goes out, it's out for a while. Mm -hmm. So then you have your veterans having to walk up all of these stairs. The clinic itself is very small. We're talking about maybe 10 seats in the waiting room. It's growing. Mm -hmm. so. We probably need to be looking at a bigger location to service all of the veterans that we see there. Yeah, I think um, you know some additional some, some topics of concern are I think between Pahrump and Laughlin, uh, we service or we we provide healthcare support to about almost five thousand veterans, right? So between both um, rural rural clinics, um, you know the goal is always to 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 be able to provide the same type of healthcare. Um, we have in, in the big cities um, as we as uh, in the smaller communities and the small rural areas as well right so that's that's kind of what we deal with on a regular basis there um, <clears throat> Laughlin is is a really special place it's a very small place I teach it's, it's geographically kind of challenging at times um, but I think you know uh, if looking at our numbers the Laughlin clinic is is exponentially 
ahead of all the other clinics in terms of numbers and, and just the type of support we get. In fact, and I want to shout out to the Laughlin Clinic, um, comment cards fly uh, to, to this clinic from Laughlin week, on a weekly basis, you know, by the stack. And it's always, you know, from the veteran communities, just praising and, and, and really recognizing our, our staff for the, the great job that they do up there. So TJ, you mentioned you know some of the challenges that are that are presented with working in a place like Laughlin. Would you say the challenges, uh, and this is for both of you, would you say the challenges are primarily logistical, you know, finding space, having capacity, or are they more? Uh, are, are some of the challenges like staffing? Right, Staffing because as well. it's not—it's not like the military where it's like, well, I, I work for the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. Congratulations, you've been assigned to Laughlin. It's like, well, my house is in North Las Vegas. That's a two and a half hour. That's not going to work for me. Like, right. how do you how do you staff? Is it logistics? Like, what? I, I can't I can't even begin to fathom all of the challenges that you have to meet to staff and, and make a place like this work. Well, I would say. Um as far as the, the administrative staff, we are slotted to have four people. We currently have three. As far as the providers, we have three providers. Now, I guess you would expect to see your provider face-to-face -face when you're going to your appointments, but the providers that we have, we have one out of Florida, and he pretty much comes every three months for three days to do face-to-face -face appointments. So the rest is telehealth then? The rest is telehealth or phone. We have um, another provider who is actually working out of the Southeast Clinic. She goes on a monthly basis, but she only goes four days out of the month to do her face-to-face, -face. and then the rest would be video or phone appointments. And then we have one other provider who only sees video or phone appointments. So how do veterans seem to, um how, how do they seem to react that I guess that that it doesn't seem like a lot of face-to-face -face time no, right it's not. Um, so how do they how do they react to that and then how do you guys meet that challenge we provide an office because because the the population is your older people so they're not really hip on electronics and all of that so we have the option for them to come into the clinic so that they can get assistance with the video appointments that they have um, as far as phone, I mean, that's self-explanatory. The phone, phone appointments are fine, but I think a lot of the problems is your elderly people, they have a lot more issues. So I think a face-to-face -face appointment would be more beneficial for that population. From, from your perspective, yeah. how much did COVID change that? Where uh, we saw a lot of kind of resistance to telehealth pre-COVID, and then once COVID hit and people were kind of forced to use it, mm -hmm. once they realized they didn't have to leave their house, they're like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, you know, I think that's a great question, but I think um, a lot of the concerns, uh, and I wasn't here, I wasn't in this service line during COVID, um, but coming in and kind of learning from the staff and, and, and our rights and wrongs, I know some people, like, and to touch on what TJ said, she said, you know, we, we do provide a lot of resources to our veterans um, electronically, digitally, you know, and I think in my opinion, however, I think we probably should reinforce a little bit of the education um, that, that we can not just give these, our, our folks, the hardware or the, you know, the, the tools, but also give them the education, um, you know, follow up with them to make sure that they're, that they're going through that. But I think ultimately in my, in my short time here at the Southeast, people prefer, the elderly prefer face-to-face, -face, right? It's more personal, that's what they're used to. Mm -hmm. So I think they genuinely prefer 
face to face. Um, and again, some of the challenges, like in fact, there was an iPad that was just recently returned to us that was provided by uh, Melissa Powell's team. Um, community care was not community care, but it was one of the service lines that provided um, this iPad to this individual. And it's brand new. I, the gentleman, I think he returned it three, four weeks later because he's like, I don't even want to touch this. Right. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm kind of sure. wanting to be an advocate for for um, the education piece. Right. Um, to, to be able to for them to be able to use that stuff. So, yeah. So, you know, we call ourselves the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. A lot of people give us the misnomer of being the Las Vegas VA. But, yep. you know, we we do serve a larger area than just that. But then you expand our catchment area. You know, Laughlin's got a lot of veterans coming over from Arizona. Correct. Right? Yeah, in fact, um, we just came out of our, our meeting uh, with our service line, and I know the Kingman Clinic, the Kingman VA Clinic, is, is, is about to or, or in the phase of closing. So we are anticipating a lot of those that overflow to come down to Laughlin, to come down here to the valley um, and seek care. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it's, it's those challenges, too. That it, are the patient, again, I think we're about $2,400, $2,500 patients uh, mm -hmm. in Laughlin. Um, but I anticipate that, I think we anticipate that number to grow in the future. So, you know, with Pahrump, there's the challenges of, of actually traveling over there because, you know, even though a lot of us in Las Vegas don't realize it, we do get some snow here. <laughs> and uh, going over the pass to Pahrump, there's, uh, you know, geographical challenges of yeah. driving through the snow and yeah. things like that. Mm -hmm. um, with the community there, you know, everyone seems to know each other. Mm -hmm. Um, does Laughlin kind of have that same thing where the, because it's a small town, everyone knows each other? 100%. I think that's one of the things that we, we wanted to kind of emphasize is, you know, uh, and specifically talking about TJ's team and the nursing team up there. I, I think in this case, quality over quantity is, is, is super beneficial, right? Uh, you know, the, the, we visit Laughlin two, three times a month, and, and it's every time we walk in, you know, the staff, the, the AMSAs at the front desk, they're talking to the veterans by first name basis. Hey, John. Hey, Susie. Hey, Billy. And it's it's that it's that kind of, of personalization that I think what makes that clinic so success so successful is is you know being in a smaller place. Everyone knows each other, mm -hmm. right? And and I think you know the, and the, those guys the, the veterans know the staff. They all know the nurses and the AMSAs and all those folks that work in there. So I think that's a super beneficial aspect of the clinic. Do you find that you get more support from the community there also as far as uh, American Legion, yes. BFW, stuff like that? Because again, it's all such a tight-knit community. Yeah, in fact, um, we were, TJ and I and, and the team here were at, at the um, latest town hall meeting in Laughlin just a couple of months ago. The director, Mr. Karen and Ms. Ms. Murray on down was there. Um, <clears throat> and I know we have a, I don't know his name, I know his first name, I believe is John. Um, as well, but he is a VA liaison for the community. I know we do have the VFW that, that is actively supporting the veteran community there too. So there's some really nice pieces in, in town, but I think the VA is still currently looking to expand. What kind of feedback do you hear from some of those local community leaders when it comes to you know, making sure that their needs are met by the VA? Um, <clears throat> you know, for me, the only takeaway that I had and, and was from the town hall, and it's, it's sometimes that you know when we sit with our veterans in the clinic, you know, I think a lot of them are just seeking additional information, right? More resources. Uh, I know, I, I would imagine some of them still read the local newspaper <laughs> <laughs> at times and, and still rely on flyers and 
things like that. But obviously, we know that there are some digital aspects and electronic aspects that are in place now. But um, I think the biggest takeaway from the town hall and, and from the veterans is we just want to find a better way to receive information. Yeah, yeah I think we had a we had a, a an interaction with a veteran at the last town hall, and we're like, oh yeah, you just look it up on the phone. It's on you, and he literally <laughs> like pulled out a flip, flip phone. phone. Yeah. Yeah. He, had a flip phone and he didn't have any way yeah. to, to actually read a web page yes. yeah, on yeah, his yeah. phone. So. Um, yeah, I, I found that was a really interesting little like, oh, wow. It's <laughs> it, it literally goes back to that iPad example. I had like, I mean, the gentleman who brought it, he was like, I don't even know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. He's like, is this a phone? <laughs> what, what, what is No, sir, it's a device. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, I, I, we can definitely relate to that. And it's, you know, it's a challenge that we have in communications as far as like meeting veterans where they live, you know, trying to find the best avenue to communicate with them, to let them know, you know, we're doing a podcast right now. Yeah. And our goal is to communicate to everyone. But again, it, there are certain demographics, especially the elderly veteran population who may not know how to do a pod, may not know what a podcast is. Probably not. Right. You know, and, right. and, and us, it, this is as good as shouting into the, into the wind, you know, yeah. <laughs> as far yeah. as that's concerned. But, you know, with a small community like Laughlin, you know, one of the veterans that was there brought up the point, well, you know, why don't you have a, a, a flyer on our bulletin board here at the VFW? Because that's where we hosted the town hall. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's that's where they meet. That's where they come. And that's where they get their information. So I'm sure with, you know, as with any veteran, you know, rural veterans, it's about having to know the best way to get you know, information, information yeah. to them. Exactly. Do you ever run into times? I mean, you, you mentioned the, the iPad example, but like things you just take for granted it, within healthcare itself that maybe they're not aware of because it's just kind of a more relaxed, different style of living? You know, I think for me, I don't, as a veteran myself, I don't take anything for granted. Um, You know, in fact, as a patient advocate for the clinic, um, the, the, the primary concern uh, one of the primary concerns that I've come across with is is the wait times, right? So even just taking wait times for granted uh, is is a challenge for a lot of of our our, our veteran patients. TJ mentioned that um, you know we have our, our physicians who come every quarter at, at several days a week. So imagine trying to want to meet that person um, in you know in person and having to wait two, three, four months. So I think just, you know, one thing I, I, I sometimes take, but I'm trying not to take for granted is just the wait times and, and just the, the, the face-to-face that I would prefer to meet with our, our physicians as well. So I know, speaking about wait times, that kind of goes into you know, community care, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know, here in Vegas, we have folks that want to, you know, go see into the community. They don't like the, if it's a, a wait time issue or, or what have you. Sure. How do you do community care <clears throat> when you have a place like that where all of the medical resources are, are kind of limited, right? Well, so I'll let TJ talk about the community care piece, but yeah, you're right. I mean, and I think that's that's part of the challenge, right? Is is what you know the Laughlin Clinic has only a handful, less than less than a handful of of, of services that we currently provide. I believe what um, audiology is up there. Uh, there is lab. There's um, behavioral health is just kind of spinning up once a week to go up there. Mm-hmm. But I think the big challenge is you're right. Is is you know some it's it's just so limited. That and, and you know for these these the elderly folks the elderly veterans to have to drive an hour and a half to the valley here mm-hmm. right and drive an hour back and we can share a little bit of what we're doing to support that here and in, in later in the podcast um, with the services they have but yeah I think I think that's just a big challenge in itself because there might be you know, you know I, to me it would just I would assume that there's just services in the Laughlin Bullhead area that just aren't available 
like you have to come to Vegas for those. Correct. Right. Right. Correct. Well, yeah, you 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 can do that, but you can also go to community care. And if you don't, if you don't want to elect to go through the VA healthcare system, yeah, you can you can stay local, right. of course. We'll talk a little bit more about some of those resources and some of those challenges that we're meeting with rural health in a second, but we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this. This is a message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Got a question about your VA benefits, healthcare, or eligibility? Go to va.gov, where you can access a new interactive chatbot to ask questions 24-7. Access the feature through va.gov's Contact Us page. Then click on the Start Chat button. This is one way VA is offering seamless access to its online resources. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran-related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray. Hi, welcome back to The Nine Line. John and Josh here with TJ and Mike. We're in lo- on location in the Southeast Clinic and we're talking about rural healthcare. And one thing that, you know, those of us who are veterans and have served, um, we go through basic training, we go through officer training school, whatever, and we get sent to our first location. Yeah, we maybe have a dream sheet or whatever, but we don't always have a choice of, of where we go. Um, doctors don't have that. You know, when, when doctors go through medical school, they usually are, are highly recruited and kind of get to pick where they want to go. How often do you have doctors who say, hey, I want to go to Pahrump or I want to go to Laughlin? Um, you know, while there's some people who maybe are from there, and would, you know, that's their, where they'd love to return and to set up their, their practice, that doesn't always happen. How, how big of a challenge is, is that aspect of things when it comes to rural health care? It, it's very challenging, and I think to, to get people to get out there and obtain these jobs, we are offering incentive pays for them to come on board. However, I mean, even with that, it's still challenging because we've had providers turning down positions once they've seen the actual location and space, as well as the administrative staff as well. So, you know, I think um, on top of that, TJ, I think um, that as TJ mentioned, we have a couple of physicians that travel out of state to to Laughlin Mm -hmm. every quarter, every month. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I think 
you know, as we were talking during break, it's hard to find a, a, you know, a primary care physician or a nurse or a medical professional in the middle of Laughlin. You know, I look at Laughlin as kind of a, it resembles Palm Springs where people kind of just go there and retire. Mm-hmm. There's some decent food. There's some, there's some places to, you know, for entertainment. Um, but I don't know that any, it's hard to imagine any medical professionals, you know, I'm going to just up and go and we're going to move to Laughlin. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to build shop. We're going to set shop there and go. There's got to be somebody who's five years away from retirement, <laughs> right? I mean, if people are retiring there. Yeah, like, I think it's. I, don't doctor. I guess no doctors retire to Laughlin. Plug, plug, yeah, plug. Doctors, plug, physicians. Yeah. If you guys are looking for a cool spot and ready to retire, go to Laughlin. Yeah, it is. You know, it's not to disparage Pahrump or Laughlin as communities. I mean, I'm from a rural area. There's some wonderful things about living in a rural community. Yeah. Um, you know, but for somebody who's fresh out of medical school or somebody who we're, we're trying to recruit, um, you know, looking to start a family and wants the best schools and the, the access to, you know, cultural locations and restaurants and things. I mean, it, sometimes it is tough to get them to to choose to go to or to live in a rural community. Well, John, I, 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 it'd be cool if, if you, coming from a small town, decided to go to med school because maybe, you know, we have maybe there is folks out there that said, you know, I grew up in a small town and I would prefer a small town um, mm-hmm. such as Laughlin. But I think, you know, I imagine folks are coming out of a small town, want to see the world and want to go do things. And sure. Um, but and we again, we hope for those that are like you from a small town and Go down the medical route and, and hey, let's let's live in Laughlin. Place All right, like John. No. Go back to school. <laughs> we'll see you. We'll see you in we'll eight, eight years, John. Yeah. We'll see you in eight we'll years. Eight what years. Are we, who's going to do the podcast? It's so much more important. I will. Right? The John, <laughs> Mike, and TJ hey, podcast. There's two people hosting the show. One of them has never missed an episode. That I'm is, just that saying. Is true. Yes, so, yes. And it ain't you. Like I'm the Kawhi Leonard of podcasts. Okay. Need <laughs> <laughs> maintenance days. Accurately. Accurately. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it is something that I would imagine. Is difficult to, to try to to recruit all the yeah. time, and and especially for something as, as doctors, where it's you know there's a shortage of, of doctors in this country, and especially in this in state. this area, yeah. So you know, it's I'm sure that's something that you guys work tirelessly to try to rectify, but isn't necessarily a quick fix. No, no it's, it's not. not. Um, and again, you know, we coming out of yesterday's meeting again, he he accepted, he walked through, and declined. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I, I think sometimes it just has to be the right person, right time, right fit. Yeah. How frustrating does that get? I, th- I think from, um, you know, from, from our perspective, it's, you know, and TJ brought up some really great talking points, um, has led to lack of modality, right, and lack of patient appointments. We've talk, we're talking about reduced access to health care, longer wait times, longer travel to, to alternate locations. So just listing just a few things that mm-hmm. TJ and I kind of talked about prior to is, 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 is very frustrating. Right? It's, it's just a challenge that I think all of us collectively are trying to, to rectify. I think we literally, when we had the interviews out there for the AMSA position, we literally, literally had four candidates yeah. <laughs> to hire two people. And of course, we, we got one and then the other declined, so now we're still looking again to get someone on board. There's literally one school there that service. Laughlin High School. Well, can't even say high school because you have Laughlin, kindergarten Laughlin to school. Laughlin school. Laughlin school. <laughs> it's just Laughlin School. Yeah. So you guys do the best you can to, to bring people in and, and that's great. Uh, there are certain things that, certain services, specialties obviously that you can't provide within Laughlin and for those you either have to come to Southeast PCC or to the VAMC to, to get care. Or they're referred out in the community. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those locations, not every veteran drives. Not every veteran can make that long trip or 
you know, has a place to stay. What kind of services are available for those kind of veterans? We have a shuttle that provides transportation to and from the Bamsey and back to Laughlin. And Laughlin to Bamsey, vice versa. Um, and just to give specifics for, for, for the um, listeners, uh, it's available Tuesday through Friday from 745 to 8 o'clock, and the pickup times are on Avenue of Flags on South Casino Drive and um, Highway 163 in Laughlin. So that shuttle will take them from Laughlin to the VAMC and back. And I know with um, DAV also offers mm-hmm. shuttle services um, to Pahrump as well. So there are other, you know, other veteran service organizations who are, are willing to help out veterans. And I know I think we rec- I think we just caught wind of another one, and I'm not sure if it's tied in with DAV or, or the veteran the vet transport services. But we also there's a program called Vets in Motion as well, and I think that's probably this in line with with the other two that provide that kind of, of service to our veterans. Plus, so, the, go ahead. there's always travel pay as a you know, as an added benefit for that veterans. Is true. Who, I was I was are, just going to ask like, true. what about veterans who can drive? Like, what? How does it work for them? But John got that. Well, that's, that's Thanks, John. That's always a <laughs> that's always an incentive for veterans who you know who are living outside of that range that they can they can make that. Trip. And the absolute best thing about taking the shuttle is that somebody else can drive through the searchlight speed trap. Oh. Right? <laughs> somebody else where, where it goes from like 70 miles an hour to, to a mile and a half of 20 miles an hour. Yeah, somebody else can drive that. <laughs> yes. That's why it takes us an hour and a half to get there. Yeah, right. That? You're 30 minutes in searchlight, man. <laughs> so, you know, if it, whether it's transportation, whether it's wait times, you know, there are instances where veterans can seek community care. And, you know, with the 2018 passage of the, the VA Mission Act, um, you know that that's expanded quite a bit for veterans. Um, how do you go about helping veterans to to get that community care when necessary? Well, they have to first have an appointment with a provider when they can get it, and then once they have that appointment with the provider, the provider can put in a referral for them to be seen out in the community. But again, I with the services limited out there, I'm pretty sure there's a, a long wait time as well for them to get that service out in the community. But we, uh, under the Mission Act, they do have urgent care that they're able to do, any veteran. So it has to be a network. So they, they can go to any urgent care facility within network and also get medical treatment if needed. You know, one thing that's, that is always pressing with VA care is, is suicide prevention. You know, it's uh, the number one clinical priority of the VA secretary. Um, you know, and it's, it's something that the VA has done a lot to try to improve upon, but, you know, it's always going to be a constant struggle. And statistics show that veterans in rural settings have a higher percentage of, of suicide risk. Um, what kind of, you know, feedback do you hear from some of the clinics about that? Do you, you know, are, do you hear that there's enough services available for mental health care? You know, is there a, a cry for more? I would say, especially at the Laughlin Clinic, we do not have a face-to-face provider. So you can get a behavioral health appointment, but it will be virtual or over the phone. They do not offer uh, behavioral health in the clinic itself as a face-to-face appointment. You know, on top of, um, as far as the primary care piece, like TJ was saying, uh, they don't. But right now, uh, Dr. Mooring, uh, who is a behavioral health specialist, physician and his team uh, Eric shout out to Eric Buchamp out there uh, but they these this this service line has just recently established a peer support 
uh, behavioral health peer support program where they travel to Laughlin weekly um, oh. and, and, and see patients face to face. And I think um, the feedback that we've gotten both from Eric and some of the veterans that we've talked to, mm-hmm. um, they really, really appreciate that. I think it's, it's definitely a benefit for that area. Um, you know, it's some of the, con- the, the special concerns they have living in rural areas, for sure. Yeah. And, and as veterans. And of course, with, with the Compact Act, um, veterans can get emergent suicide prevention or mental health care. Absolutely. Anywhere in the community. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be a VA clinic. So Correct. if that's ever an issue for, for any of our rural veterans, you can absolutely seek help at any of the, the local hospitals or clinics. Absolutely. So what do you say is the most rewarding part about serving health care in a rural setting? I would say the personalized. Personalization, yeah. 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 Because you're, you're seeing these veterans all the time. Whereas here at the Southeast Clinic, we see thousands. Right. <laughs> so you don't have that personalized experience meeting the people. But up at Laughlin, you, they know each other by first name. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the personalization of the yeah. appointment experience in itself. Yeah, I, and, and again, just we, you know, we talked about that. I mean, TJ just hit it on the head. Um, and I think for me, that would, I would piggyback on that too, because again, it's such a benefit to be able to know the physicians, know the staff, know our, our patients by first name, uh, and really kind of providing that, that personalization, that, 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 you know, that care to them. Um, and I know, I know the patients there uh, genuinely appreciate it. Well, I want to thank both of you so much for, for hosting us today and uh, allowing us to enjoy your clinic. Um, if anybody who has not been down to the Southeast Clinic, it is a wonderful clinic. And the hallways smell like Yankee candles. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a much, much more pleasant setting than like the VAMC where it's like very sterile. And right. It's, this, is this a this building a, a repurposed Bed Bath and Beyond? Is, is that what's going on here? It's we we like to smell good at the South into the, into the walls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we we pump uh, cotton candy scent like Disneyland oh, in, in the uh, in the vents. So this reminds me of a Hallmark movie. <laughs> no, I do got to share uh, first. Yes, uh, on behalf of the Southeast team, uh, and I'll let TJ speak for. But on behalf of our team, we we thank you guys for coming today. We appreciate the time and the opportunity to share um, the care we provide in those areas. But, um, you know, I, I've only been here going on five months, and I, 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 I talk to friends and family uh, and staff all the time. I think I walked into such a, such a special place um, where the staff are, are, are very motivated and they're very genuinely um, here to care for the veterans. Um, so it, it's, it's a blessing to be here. It's a blessing to be a part of this team. And, and again, we thank you guys for coming today. Thank you both for taking this time with us. And uh, for everyone listening, thank you. And we will talk to you again in two weeks. You've been listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Las Vegas VA. Thanks for listening.